This is Bobby Guy with the 10-Minute Health BizCast. This is album three, track seven. On our last track, we talked about excellence, which is driven by competition and experimentation. On this track and our next one, I want to talk about distribution. Distribution is what we often call healthcare equity. We're going to discuss four ways to improve distribution. When you compare the U.S. to other countries, the studies suggest that our healthcare is the most expensive and our results are mediocre. The comparison is a bit misleading, though. The U.S. problem that this comparison highlights is a distribution issue rather than an excellence issue. Really? Well, think about it. Political leaders from all over the world, and especially the Middle East, come to the U.S. when they need surgeries and major health interventions. When it comes to excellence, we lead the world in much of health care. Our institutions continue to pioneer new procedures, drugs, and treatments, which we then export around the world. People with means come to the U.S. to get treated and to get the concierge medicine that wealth can buy. So when we talk about the U.S. spending more money and getting mediocre results, we're not talking about the health care we're giving to international leaders and the concierge medicine we're giving to the wealthy. We're talking about the health care we're giving to those who can't afford the best. What we're talking about is that we're not distributing health care well. We have a lot of people who don't have health care coverage or don't have adequate health care coverage or who can't afford good health care or who can't navigate and advocate well for themselves in a complex system. And the patchwork U.S. system makes this really, really hard. The problem is especially acute in minority communities. My theory, and it's not revolutionary, is that if you want to change this comparison point with the world, it's not that difficult to do. We just have to provide better access to better care for the underprivileged in our society. The results across the bottom tier would improve dramatically, and we'd suddenly see the U.S. doing better in the world in terms of outcomes, and as a result, cost per person. Because better access to care means people will come earlier in their suffering, and we will be providing more well care instead of sick care. We need a better safety net that incentivizes people to get care when they need it. That's the first way that we improve distribution. Let me be clear. In my opinion, we need to continue to foster competition and experimentation across the healthcare sector so that we can pursue excellence and continue to lead. Competitive innovation means that we're going to have different levels of healthcare in the U.S. for people of different means. And that's okay. The safety net is not a single-payer system that puts everyone in the same line, which we know is a very long and inefficient line, like in Canada and England. The safety net is exactly what it sounds like. A safety net that makes sure everyone has reasonable access to care and incentive to seek health care early and often so that they stay well instead of getting sicker. If we do this, and at the same time we continue to pursue excellence, we create better healthcare outcomes and experiences. We can help make people well and we can decrease suffering. And the new techniques and models we create when we do this, they'll trickle down to everyone in healthcare. What's a true safety net? It's a safety net that stretches across the patchwork of our current healthcare system. 
Patchwork opportunities are great if they're a step up from the safety net, but there must be a safety net that's consistent and not filled with holes. This is what the healthcare exchanges under Obamacare were intended to do. And when we talk about the minimum requirements of any eligible insurance plan in order to be on the exchanges, what we're talking about is making sure that there are no holes in the safety net. So for healthcare equity, we've got to have an insurance safety net that will catch everyone. Healthcare exchanges are probably the best way to do this. And we've got to have a solution for the people who live in states that have not expanded Medicaid so that there is no hole. Second, we've got to find pricing transparency when it comes to healthcare. Recent studies show that the price for the same service at the same hospital can vary as much as seven times depending on who's paying for it. CMS is now requiring hospitals to post their prices. This is a big step. It's tricky because prices are negotiated with different payers. This is not actually the hospital's fault. It's a survival tactic in a patchwork system where they lose money on lots of the services they provide. We need to fix this, as we'll discuss on the last track of this album. For our discussion now, when it comes to consumers, we've got to come up with a simple way for them to find out how much they're going to pay for healthcare before they buy it. And right now, we don't have one. I have trouble thinking of anything else that we buy where we have no idea how much it will cost before we make the purchase. Can you? Let me give you a recent example. During the COVID pandemic, I was exposed to someone who had COVID, and I needed to go in and get a rapid test. Trying to figure out how to do this was hard. I had to figure out who had the rapid test kits, whether they would test me, how much it would cost, and whether my insurance would pay for it. I didn't have a day to make calls, so I asked a friend I knew who'd gotten a rapid test recently. I called the facility you went to, got an appointment, and figured I'd just pay whatever it cost if insurance wouldn't cover it. But that's not okay for a lot of people in our society. There's a good part and a bad part to this American reality. The good part is, we have options and we get to make choices. If this was the former Soviet Union, I would have one place to go, and they probably wouldn't have the tests, so it wouldn't matter. If they by chance have the tests, the government would pay for it unless I also had to pay a bribe to get access because I'm not in high enough standing in the Communist Party. So in our society, we have options, and that's good. But our society does a very poor job of giving me the information I need to make decisions about those options, especially price. The result is that we actually discourage people from getting health care unless they have a lot of money and don't have to worry about whether insurance will cover it. Because to figure out their cost, they've got to take a lot of time and twist themselves up into knots. We are very bad at providing information that people need to make decisions about choosing healthcare providers. Which brings me to my third point, healthcare billing. I don't know about you, but I can't understand my healthcare bills. And this isn't a billing issue, it's an insurance issue. I've got a law degree and an undergrad degree in economics, and I can't figure out how to reconcile my family's insurance EOB forms with all the bills that I get from healthcare providers. When I get a healthcare bill, now I just wait a little to see if they bill me for it three or four times over several months, and then I just pay it. Why can't I figure it out? Well, here's why, and this goes back to the patchwork issue. 
Every time we have to deal with paying for healthcare, here are all the questions that have to be asked before we know whether and how much we have to pay and how much insurance has to pay. First, what's the price the healthcare provider is going to charge? No clue. Second, what discounts, if any, is my insurance company going to get me? No clue. Is there a copay? If so, how much? Well, it depends on the service, so no clue. Is the provider in network or out of network? If I'm going to a facility that's in network, are all the people who see me there going to be in network? No clue. If anybody's out of network, how much different is the amount my insurance will pay and how much will that leave me? If my insurance says they pay 70% for out of network, is that 70% of whatever the charge is or is that 70% of just the reasonable and customary charge? If there's a difference between the charge and what my insurance says is reasonable and customary, do I have to pay it, or is the out-of-network provider required to waive it? No clue. Am I on a high-deductible plan where I pay out-of-pocket for the first few thousand dollars? If so, how far am I into my deductible? Are my wife and kids on the same deductible or a separate one? Am I sure that my insurer has properly tracked every expense against the high deductible plan? Or have they missed some so that I may be paying more than I'm supposed to? No clue. Do I have to get pre-authorization for the service from my insurance? Did the provider already get it? If the provider didn't get it but was supposed to, am I going to have to pay a bigger share? Or does the provider take the hit? How will I know? No clue. If the doctor or pharmacy required me to pay some cash at the visit, was it the right amount per my insurance policy? Will my insurance reimburse me for that, or is it part of my deductible? No clue. If I get a bill from three different providers a few weeks after my visit, are any of them billing me more than my insurance agreement allows them to? Have they all gotten paid by insurance? If I changed insurance plans in the last year, am I sure they all billed the right insurance? Well, unless I do a bunch of research comparing documents, no clue. And finally, if I took a week off work last year to figure out all the rules of my last insurance plan, then when I renew it next year, either with the same insurer or with a new insurer, which rules will be different? No clue. That's what I have to deal with as a patient when it comes to paying for health care, and that's hard. I can't imagine what this is like for people who are less fortunate than me. On our next track, we'll talk about some solutions for this payment problem. This has been the 10-Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks very much for joining us.